0: More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. Sometimes this world can be a very hopeless place. Every day, somewhere on this planet, man's very existence is threatened, his peace disturbed, and his dreams crushed. Looking with anticipation to a better year than most had in 2020 and 2021, there is certainly more truth than ever in the scripture that since faith is the substance of things hoped for, where there is no hope, your faith will be at its weakest. It will just be hopeless faith, producing nothing. That true treasure within us all that Pastor keeps referring to is simply the fulfillment of all our dreams and desires which, through hope, are very much a testimony to God's faithfulness. Now, better understanding the true relationship between faith and hope, Pastor strongly encourages all never to hold back their gift and especially never to let what's going on around us change the hopes and dreams that are going on within us.
1: It's amazing what God will do with someone who had the audacity to dream some big dreams and to think some big thoughts. It's amazing what God will make happen in the life of someone who would have the boldness to rise up out of mediocrity and desire to come to a greater place in their life. It's amazing. Now, now the planning part is the dreaming, but you can't stay dreaming. You have to begin to do something and you begin to prepare. So you begin to put into operation. You begin to do whatever it is that you need to do to get to that place and to see your dreams come to pass whatever it is that you have to do if you have to increase your education if you have to increase your understanding way back then you know i was dreaming about things god god show me you. you better prepare you better get all your sermons and put them into a nice outline years ago the way i would do an outline i'd get a piece of paper sometimes even a napkin i was wiping my face on and i'd write my notes and i'd actually have the audacity to bring it into church and preach off of those <laughs> notes like that i'd have you know this morning's eggs on the napkin and I'd be preaching. Or I'd take a little scrimp of paper. And I still have a lot of those papers in a file. I didn't throw them out because there were some good sermons. But if I ever pulled them out again and tried to preach off them I'd be lost because I couldn't even read the writing. And I had all different shapes and sizes. I had notepad and legal size pad and in between size pad. God said you've got to clean up your act. If you're, if, if, if you're going to be the pastor of a big church, if you're going to go around and preach and help other pastors, you better, get, you better help yourself first son. <laughs> You better you better prepare. You know, think like it. Yes, but if you're going to think like it, then you better start acting like it and doing like it and preparing like it. You see, and um, that. So so I had to start. You know learn how to use a computer and get my stuff all in 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 separate files and learn how to organize it now i'm really organized now i got it all in 2000 you know 7 2008 2009 and i have them all separated in my file i can find any one of my two now even have my ipad all i gotta do is do a couple of clicks and i can pick up any sermon that i've preached over the last 10 years right here you see, that's preparation. you got to do, you got to do. So you can dream big dreams, but a lot of times people don't get to their dreams because they're not preparing for it. Amen. They're not making themselves ready. If you believe God's called you to do something great, then you've got to prepare. You've got to do whatever it is, spiritually and naturally. Because often what happens is that we just put all the emphasis on the spiritual side, but, and we forget the natural side. <coughs> so you've got to do whatever you have to do spiritually, but you also have to do the natural side. Like I could have, done, you know, uh, if I, I didn't get myself prepared and get ready and see myself doing this, God would never bring it to pass in my life. And that's why there are a lot of folks that aren't getting anywhere. <laughs> because we have dreams and desires and vision, but we're not doing what is necessary um, to get ourselves there. You know, I lived, in, I lived in, in, a, in a little studio apartment for 10 years and wanted to get out of that, that thing. I started by seeing myself cutting the lawn. You know, decorating the house. You know, I saw myself in the house. I said, you know, I'm not gonna be an apartment dweller for the rest of my life. I'm gonna get a vision here. Now, there's nothing wrong if you wanna live in an apartment. Don't, don't get under condemnation over it. Some people don't wanna own a house because they don't want the responsibility, that's fine. But I wanted the responsibility because I realized that the minute I owned a house was the beginning of my financial success in life because I understand the value of owning property. So So I had to see myself, but then, I had to get beyond just the dreaming. I had to start to prepare. So I had to learn how to, you know, manage my money. I had to learn how to, you know, I began to build my credit. I purposely, you know, would buy things and pay off credit cards just to build my credit for a season. I almost ruined it because I got a little overzealous with trying to build my credit with credit cards. Anybody know what I'm talking about? All right. But I had to prepare and get myself ready. I started to save money. So, so if you're going to get to your vision and to your dream, you're going to see it come to reality, then you're going to have to do something. You can't just stay in neutral. You can't just stay stagnant. You can't just stand there and think that somebody... See, that's where a lot of Christians are. They think that God's just going to pick them up and put them in that place, and that's not how it works. And I've seen people go, you know, go down the tubes because they don't want to... You have to dream the dream. You have to plan, know where you want to go, and then start to actively do whatever you can do right where you are... Trusting that God will, you know, do what you can't do and make the impossible possible for you. But you have to do it because faith without works is dead. If you don't put any faith to it, and faith is the active part. So you have to prepare. You have to do something. Start doing something right where you are. If you don't like it, then start, you know, I can remember, and I'll use my sister as an example because she really taught me this. You really did. I remember years ago when you and Chris were younger and you were living in an apartment, and you hated living in that apartment many, many years ago, a long time ago. And they were trying to figure out, how are we going to get out of this apartment? At that time, Chris wasn't in his own business. He just worked for somebody. Later, he did; he was in his own business for a bunch of years. But at that time, they were just living in an apartment. She hated And used to badger him. We've got to get a house. Got to get a house. I remember him saying, I don't know what I'm going to do with her. She's badgering me about getting a house. And I don't know what to do. Well, one day, she just decided. She said, you know what? I'm going to start saving money. I don't think Chris knew about it. She started saving every nickel she could find. She was scrolling away and putting away money. And she actually got a a home job typing, because she's a typist, she's a secretary, she was by profession, and she was typing envelopes. I remember that, I'd go to her house, her dining room table was like an office, and she'd be there just typing away like a mad woman just type and type and type in envelopes and peeling labels and putting labels on envelopes. And she was getting per diem, you know, so much per thousand or whatever it was. And she was making money and scrolling it away, scrolling it away, squirreling it away. And, you know, of course, Chris was working at that time. And together, they, they got up enough money to go buy, put a down payment on a home. And I can remember back then, it was real scary for them because really technically they didn't know if they could afford it, but they had a vision. And they were willing to do whatever it was. To, is, this, is this helping anybody okay. here today? Help, to get to that place. Now come to find out my mother told me a very similar story. My mother told me that in, her, in, in the early days of their marriage. You know to my mom. To, to my father. My mother and my father. Uh, she had three little kids and she wanted a house. She didn't want to live in an apartment anymore. She wanted her own house. And my father was giving her money. And she was squirreling away most of the money. My father didn't even know about it. And she said wherever she got extra money, she just squirreled away. She actually kept the bank book as proof. She had saved up, and this is going back in the early 50s, she saved up $7,000, which by today's standards is a whole boatload of money, a whole lot more than it is today. And she said one day, she said to my father, she says, I think we should start looking for a house. And my father, how are we going to do that? We don't have any money. And she says, oh, yes, we do. And my father said, what are you talking about? And she went and got, her, got the passbook, because back then they had their passbooks, and she handed them the passbook, and it was $7,000, which was more than enough to put a down payment on a house. And she said, my father's reaction was, bravo! <laughs> that was my father's reaction. She had a vision, but she started to prepare. They had a vision, they started to prepare to get to that place. Uh, does that mean anything to yeah. you? See, you'll never get to that destination unless you dream something, and then begin to do and take the steps necessary to get there, and ultimately you will find yourself in that place. Wow! I'm telling you, this stuff really works. Now, let me give you these verses because these are powerful. Proverbs six and six and eleven. I'm just going to read it because I already have it typed into my notes, but I'll give you a minute to get there. They're putting them up on the screen. Proverbs six, six through eleven. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Word of God's calling you a sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise which having no captain, captain, overseer, or ruler, provides her supplies in summer and gathers her food in harvest, how long will you slumber, O sluggard? Sluggard. When will you rise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall your poverty come on you like a prowler and your need like an armed man." So basically what this verse is saying, if you just sit around and do nothing, just take life easy, and just sit back and just let things pass you by, poverty and want and lack and insufficiency is going to find you and beat you up. You will never rise above what you think, and you will never get, you will never see the fulfillment of your dreams and desires unless you begin to do something. So you have to plan, and then you have to prepare. You may say, well, I don't think I'll ever get there. doesn't matter. Prepare as if you are there already. I remember having to encourage myself way back there in Porto, so We had small crowds of people, 25, 30, 40, 50. And I heard someone say, preach like you're preaching to 5,000. And I said, man, that's difficult. I want to preach to more people. But I forced myself to preach as if I were preaching to 5,000 people or to 1,000 people. And here all these years now... Later, I'm preaching to larger crowds than ever before in my life. But I had to prepare myself way back then. If I wasn't willing to prepare, I would never be ready to do it now. God would never make it a reality in my life. See, if you want to be rich, then you're going to have to, you're going to, have to learn how to manage money. Well, I have a plan to come out of poverty. You will always be poor if you, take, if you keep doing the same things that you do that keep you in poverty. You have to learn how to manage your money. You have to learn how to manage your affairs, how to balance a checkbook, how not to spend more than you make, how to only buy things that you can pay for cash and you can afford and not live above your means. That's preparing yourself to walk into prosperity. People don't just get rich. People don't just get rich because it just falls, some, some it does, but they, it's already proven fact that most people that win the lottery end up poor anyway in the end. Because you can win the lottery and be rich, but you still have poverty in you and it will always bring you back to poverty. Amen. Does everybody understand what I'm saying? Until you change something on the inside, the way you think and the things you do. So you have to prepare yourself. Wow. Wow. I don't know. This has changed my life. I hope this is helping you. All right, let me give you another. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 4. He who has a slack hand becomes poor, but the hand of the diligent make rich. Proverbs 10, 4. Right? You didn't even get there yet. I'm, I'm ahead of you. But he who has a slack hand becomes poor, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. So if you're going to be rich, then you're going to have to be diligent. All right, Uh, Proverbs 13, 4, just go over a couple of chapters. Proverbs 13, 4, the soul of a lazy man desires and has nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made rich. So that's talking about a person who has desires. He has the dreaming part going, right? The soul of a lazy man desires. He's a dreamer, but he never really has anything because he hasn't prepared or done the things necessary to bring him to the things that he desires, does that make sense to everybody? Yeah. So the the Bible is saying you could don't don't just be a dreamer. I know a lot of dreamers who are always dreaming, but they're never producing anything because they're great planners, but they're terrible preparers. They could dream a dream, but they'll they'll not do anything, take any of the steps to prepare themselves for that dream and to walk into that dream into that future. And it's worth whatever it takes. It's worth whatever you have to do to prepare yourself for the vision and the dreams that you're dreaming and the future that you desire to have. I I dreamed many years ago, I said, I'm tired of being poor. I just don't want to be poor anymore. Now, I could have that vision, but until I learned how to manage money and how to invest money and how to respect money and how to give sacrificially the way God, you know, be not only a tither, but a, a giver of offerings on top of it. And then take the rest and not squander it, but, but do right with it and try to save. And it was hard. It was tough. I'm not telling you it's easy. I'm not telling you that this is a cakewalk. It was, change- it was hard. Changing some habits, bad habits, is really difficult because you're just programmed. You know, you, you keep doing the same thing and it's so hard to change. But, but I had my eye on the plan. The pl- I'm coming out of poverty. I'm not going to be poor the whole my whole life. I'm not going to be working until I'm 80 years old and die with nothing. I'm leaving something behind. It's not going to be much because I'm going to use it all. (laughs) But I'm going to leave something. It may be a dollar, but I'm going to leave something for somebody. But I'm going to enjoy it all my life. But, But until you have the plan and begin to make. So I had to learn how to do that. I had to learn how to save and learn it. But that was the preparation, preparing myself. See? As a matter of fact, if I didn't learn how to do, how to manage money back then, God would never have been able to trust me with running a church this size and taking, taking, uh, managing the money that comes into this house. He would never trust me. And we're prospering in this church. Amen. See, but I had to learn those lessons years ago. All right. Is anybody getting anything out of that? All right All right. So that's number so, so say plan, plan. Prepare. prepare. Now here, pray. pray. Now I'm just going to give you one verse because I think this is a powerful verse. James chapter five and verse 16 says, "The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much." Wow, you don't realize how powerful your prayers... Let me tell you what avails means. I love this. I looked this up. This is what avails means. Have force or value. Strong, powerful, capable of doing. So what the word is saying is the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man has force. When you're praying strong prayers over your future and over the things that you see and you want... God to do for you and to help you and to assist you with when you get down into forceful prayer and begin to pray over those things. It says your prayers have force and value. They're strong, they're powerful, and they're capable of accomplishing your dreams and visions. See, when you get down and pray, you don't realize it, but there are things that are happening in the unseen realm. God is arranging and rearranging, and God is setting you up. When you're praying, you're praying into existence the things that are necessary to get you to that dream, to that vision, to that place you want. Want to go to when you pray over these things, you empower them to become a reality in your life. So you can plan, you can prepare, but then you've got to set prayer down over your future and over the, the things in your life. Does anybody, anybody, anybody understand what I'm saying? So, the, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails prayer changes things. You start praying over your finances, you start praying over those dreams. You start praying over the business. You start praying over your profession. You start praying for all the things that are connected to your profession and to your future. Asking God's blessing. Asking for God's wisdom. Asking for God's direction. Asking God to open up doors of opportunity. Asking God to give you great favor. Thank you Lord for the favor of the Lord upon my life. I am blessed and highly favored of the Lord. I'm going to be recognized over everybody else because I've got the anointing of God on my life. I've I've got dreams and visions and desires. Begin to pray the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. Changes, they have force and value. They're strong in power, capable of accomplishing what you need to be accomplished in your life. So you have to plan, you have to prepare, and you have to pray over these things. I remember for a long time I'd just pray over this church and just walk around, you know, back in Porchester here, just praying, thank you, Lord. And we would walk around and lay hands on the chair, thank you that all these chairs are full. Now, every chair is full a couple of times a week. We prayed over the vision. We prayed over our plans. We prayed over what we saw in the future. And God just causes it to come to pass. So I say, you do what you can do. God's going to do what he does. You can only do what you can do, but God can do what you can't do. God will make the impossible happen in your life when you commit it to prayer. So you've got to plan. You've got to prepare. And then you've got to pray. Pray. Just lay it down. Pray like you mean it. Notice it doesn't say the weak. Prayer avails much. Or the weak and anemic prayer of a righteous man avails much. It says the effective and fervent prayer, fervent, put fervency into your prayer. Pray like you mean it. Pray like you're stirring up heaven. Pray, pray with direction. It says the the effective and the fervent prayer of a righteous man is going to avail much, has great force or value, strong, powerful, and capable of accomplishing in your life. So you have to plan, you have to prepare, you have to pray. Let me give you the last P and then we'll be finished and we'll go home. All right? The last P is you have to persevere. You have to persevere. Persevere is patient endurance. In short, it's staying power. If you're going to see your dreams and visions, and you ought to teach your kids how to do this. You ought ought to teach your kids how to to put their, their dreams and desires into reality, or, or get them to the place of reality through this simple little teaching that we're doing here today. Persevere; it's staying power. You have to keep at it. You have to keep at it with an attitude that I'm never going to quit. I'm never going to back up. Never going to give in. Let me give you. Let me give you a verse: Romans eight twenty five. But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. You see, just because you don't see it doesn't mean that it isn't becoming closer a reality in your life. If we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. You have to, you have to be persistent. You have to stick with it. I can't tell you the amount of times I wanted to quit and give up, t- tossing the towel, things weren't going right. think, hey, listen, as long as we're in this life, as long as you are pursuing your dreams and visions and desires, let me tell you, it's not easy. It's not easy. Get this out of your head that it's going to be a cakewalk because it's not. It's going to be a God walk. It's going to be a faith walk. But it's not going to be a cakewalk. There are booby traps. There are difficulties. There are struggles. There are disappointments. There are hard times. There are all kinds of things that are going to come up against you. Lean times difficult times. But when you determine in your life, I'm going to persevere no matter what. I'm getting to the end. I'm getting to the other side. I've got a vision. I've got a dream. I've got a desire. I've got a hope. And nothing is going to stop me from accomplishing what I'm going to accomplish in my life. If we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. In other words, perseverance is part of the plan, part of the process of bringing Your hopes and dreams and desires to reality. There's no other way about it. In other words, you're going to have to keep going even when you don't feel like going. You're going to have to keep doing even when you don't feel like doing. You're going to have to keep believing even when it looks like nothing's happening. You're going to have to keep praying even when you're tired of praying. You're going to have to persevere and keep on going and keep on moving. And I'm going to tell you what, sometimes I've seen people quit right at the point of breakthrough. Tomorrow could be your day tomorrow could be the turnaround point. Tomorrow could be the fulfillment of all that you've been dreaming about and wanting to come to pass. Tomorrow, but you quit one day too soon. Is that not the truth? All right, let me give you this last verse. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 35 and 36. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance, everybody say endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. So the bottom line to it is that endurance is a part of receiving the blessings of God in your life.
0: Tune in tomorrow afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray. If today's message was a blessing to you, ask for your free CD of the broadcast for a gift of any amount to help support this radio ministry.